Season one. Episode two. Let's do 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 it. Let's rock and roll, baby. It's time to do it. Welcome to the Shafe Bros Podcast. Sitting, What's up? Sitting with me is the Carl Weathers to my Arnold Schwarzenegger, my bro, Joe Shafe. Yeah. Dylan, what are you doing? Yeah, bro. It's exciting to be here. All right. We are in studio, aka my kitchen nook. Um, and I want to let you guys know that we are hosting our podcast on Anchor. Yes. Yeah. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's a free hosting podcasting platform that promotes podcasting should be free for all it's a great uh, place so check them out at anchor.fm slash well that's their website but anchor.fm for our show is anchor.fm slash the hyphen shafe hyphen bros check it out because one day you might be able to have your own podcast so if you you can also download the anchor app uh, you can leave us a voice message yep uh, on your thoughts on whatever topic we might be covering or just share your hot takes with us and we, right. could, and we could put that into the show. Come on, everybody can be involved. This is our podcast where everybody's a star. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, real quick, we brought in our top three for today. Let's um, do it. So we'll, we'll, a quick rundown of what we're going to do. We're going to talk about, kind of give you guys a little bit of a, a backstory on who our story as a brother's um, and kind of our relationship and everything to kind of show you tell you guys where we're coming from and why we're even doing the podcast in the first place. That's right. It's like once upon a time in America. Here we go. <laughs> and then we'll run through some NBA news, injuries, surgeries, training camp. I think starts next week or the week after. You tell me, man. You're the master of basketball, so you tell and me. And then Joe's going to give us an update on his fantasy football. Yeah, baby. And then Domination, we're gonna, man. We're gonna just hire me right now, dude. I'm going to run my own team. <laughs> And then we'll run through our favorite sports movies, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend a TV show for you guys. Amazon nice. Prime, Jack Ryan. Oh, nice. And then we're gonna end the show with a uh, movie topic, aka the Predator 2018 version. If it bleeds, we can kill it. All right, so that's the rundown for today. Uh, make sure to check the show notes uh, if you missed anything. Um, so yeah, uh, the reason why we started the Shafe Bros podcast for me primarily, I don't know for you, Joe, mm-hmm. but for me primarily is I, I do, I podcast for work, but I also wanted to kind of work on the craft. But I think most importantly, I actually wanted to create time, uh, for myself and Joe Yeah, totally. to spend time together and to kind of work on our relationship as brothers. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think being uh, a guy that loves to talk and always, you know, if you ever come to, hang out with me and my bro and our family like we have conversations that i feel like you know should be recorded because it's you know if you're not if you weren't there you missed out on a great argument or a great debate so i, I agree i think putting this on is gonna include everybody anybody that has siblings that are like man we're totally different but whenever you put us in a room together it's like you know it's just great stuff to listen to it's like beautiful music beautiful music yeah because i remember right joe you and i would growing up we were always at odds we were always like oh, fighting and stuff like that totally bro. um there's plenty of times, especially during the WWF slash WWE yeah. era where you would powerbomb me into the couch. Oh, man. Too many chair shots, ladders, everything like that. It was insane. We were trying to replicate what we saw on the TV, but uh, oftentimes that would devolve into like actual fights. <laughs> That's true. It would break down into an actual brawl. It'd be a little scary to the point where I was like, I think I just opened a monster that I don't know if I want to deal with right now. <laughs> 
so we had a lot of a lot of fights a lot of arguments uh, growing up i think you know as we as we kind of grew older we saw the value just in our relationship and i saw the value i think joe for you in my relationship with you joe is like the fact that you are just a lot more of an open honest and uh, truthful person i'm someone who's so like consumed with okay what do people think about me how do i look and stuff like that so that's something i totally admire in you and so i'm like Grow, I think as we kind of grew up and matured, I was like, okay, I have so much to learn from my brother. And it isn't always just like fight and like beat the snot out of each other. There you go. But sometimes it's at the detriment. Sometimes I talk myself into too many holes, you know, and so I can't get myself out of it. But yeah, I mean, it's always, if I got an opinion, I'll definitely say it. But, you know, I'm trying to I think being a dad now, I always have to watch what I say and having to learn that, you know, sometimes I don't have to state what I feel like. I can just keep it in and it's okay. You know, buried in real deep, never bring it back up again. <laughs> That's my philosophy on life. There you go. Um, so Ricky Bobby taught me. Ricky Bobby taught me well. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a background. I think as we kind of do the show, we're gonna uh, work on uh, just sharing our lives with you guys, uh, our audience, and then uh, hopefully we give hope to any siblings out there that are at odds with each other. Just because you want to kill each other doesn't mean you can't help each other. There you go. There you go. Um, so, uh, this time around this episode, we're going to work on kind of keeping everything concise. Yep. Our goal is to kind of get our show down to like a 30 minute runtime or whatever, exactly. somewhere around there. So we, uh, I brought in, we're going to, we're going to PTI ourselves. All right. That sounds a little dangerous. It does. It sounds yeah. like a drug. I'm a little scared right now. Is it safe? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so on PTI, right? Michael Wilbon, mm-hmm. Tony, what? Kornheiser, right? Yep they always had a timer and on their topics and they gave themselves kind of like the, the limit of what they're going to do I like and that. they had to deliver it. So we, we set a timer for ourselves. We are PTIing ourselves. Let's do um, it. In your life, you should PTI yourself. Exactly. You should. And every night you should end it with good night, Canada. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So on to the next topic uh, is NBA news. Let's uh, go. Injuries, any surgeries, things that happened. Um, Russell Westbrook, the rage monster that never dies. Man, the guy that you don't want to play with, but the guy that everybody loves to watch. Exactly. So he uh, actually got, um, I think it's right, his orthoscopic surgery on his right knee to kind of clean Mm. up some soreness and stiffness that was going on. Did you know this was the same knee that Patrick Beverly crushed like whatever, nine years ago or, or six no, years ago or something like that. Remember That's in the, crazy. In the playoffs, Thunder, this was when Durant was still in the Thunder, right? And then Westbrook has taken the ball to the sidelines to call a timeout. Patrick Beverly dives to like try to steal the You're ball right, before I he remember that, yeah. And he collides with knee to knee and then that he that tears Russell Westbrook's ACL, right knee ACL. Dang. And uh, he slams the table, whatever. But then that took the Thunder out of the playoffs, right? That's insane. I feel like the Thunder is like, you know, the team that could have made like they're like the Magics of the 2000s. I feel like like Orlando Magic in the 90s, they had Shaq, they had Penny and they had, yeah. went to a finals. I feel like the same thing with the Thunder. You had Harden, Durant and Westbrook on the same team and Harden's coming off the bench. That's insane. Yeah. In fact, they went to a finals. I was totally thinking the same thing. Like they'll be back. They'll win. They'll win a couple together. So. But I think from that point on, every year there was like something. Whether it was like next year with Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. uh, I think Durant got hurt too. I think and Durant got hurt. I think the year after or something mm-hmm. like that. So like there was always something that was causing problems, you know. And yeah. eventually the the great uh, debacle of the Harden trade. <laughs> I think the, it is, but I actually think if anything, if you look back on history now, it's going to be Westbrook's fault because I think he learned to not. He couldn't adapt. Like he's so focused on being him that he it does it to the detriment of his team. Because yeah. think about it, if Hard, if they they if him and Durant had worked out a way to keep Harden there or talk to Sam Presti about keeping him there, they would have had Harden maybe moved him from being on the bench to being a starter. 
and making it more evolve around, okay, we need to be more like, you know, the Spurs. Let's just pass more and make things happen. You still would have Durant there. He wouldn't have gone to Golden State, you know, and I can see the Thunder winning maybe two. It would be the Thunder now winning back-to-back championships instead of the Warriors. Yeah, it, it definitely is like one of the greatest what-ifs of sports, like, history. I was um, I was really young for the the magic stuff, so I never really got to do it. Now I can be like, you know, I got to experience my own Orlando Magic debacle in the nineties. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So Russell Westbrook is going to probably be out for the first few games of the NBA season as he's recovering from this kind of surgery. It's super minor, but it yeah. is like okay, that's the same knee, right? But so no, so no triple double this year, bro. No MVP wins. He'll probably triple double. Did you know he actually averaged a triple double last year? I know Again. they didn't blow it up, this and, time. It, and it wasn't like that big of a deal as the previous year. But he still averaged a triple double. I know he gave them the taste. They're like, this is awesome. Next time, and he's like, here, have some more. He's like, no, we're good. So it's Oscar Robbins and Oscar Robinson and him twice. It's insane. Average I can't believe double. that. But anyway, so Devin Booker also underwent uh, right hand surgery on his fifth metacarpal. Totally. Phalangeal joint on his Whoa. right hand. The doctor is in the house, everybody. <laughs> um, so it says he's going to be out for six weeks for recovery. Mm-hmm. You know that I heard that after it was announced that he actually needed to have right hand surgery. Who, Mr. Uh, Booker? Devin Booker. Uh-huh. Uh, that he, uh, somewhere like on his Instagram or something like that, he had posted a video of him riding on a bike with no hands. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> It's definitely kind of eerie how like close those timestamps were, That's and then insane. also it's like, okay, did this dude like, did he like crash his bike and like that's how he hurt his hand? Like, come on, who knows, man? It's almost like he, I don't know. I feel like he's. He's the kid that, uh, I feel like he's the young kid, like the Billy the Kid, the guy that's just like, you know, all these veterans, all these teams are doing well, but he's the kid just waiting in the wings to like take the sun. The Phoenix Suns like to dominance, to, to championships. I feel like he's the next Kobe. I know you should never compare a guy to him, but just the way he scores 70 points in a game and just, it's insane. I feel like Devin Booker is going to be the next, he's going to be the next Kobe for sure. Yeah, maybe the next Kobe. Hopefully he'll learn how to play defense. Yeah. Um, but you know, as Kobe would say, I mean, don't pass the ball. As long as you're shooting, that's all that matters, man. Only pass by by missing a shot. That's it. Unless you have all five guys guarding you, definitely pass the ball. But after that, <laughs> don't pass the ball. Yeah. And then on the other end of the NBA spectrum, up to the East Coast and up to the top of the rankings is... Your guy uh, from Butler, man. Yeah, Gordon Hayward, uh, the man who missed the miracle shot. <laughs> uh, what could the, have been the new Christian Leitner shot? Yeah, there you go. exactly. So, so many what-ifs this week. It's crazy. So Celtics' Gordon Hayward said he's basically 100%. He's still running five-on-five five drills. So he's mm. like he's back and ready to go for the season opener. Is it fair to say right now that the uh, Boston will take the Eastern Conference this year? I think so. That's my opinion. Which segues into my question for both of us is who's your top five in the NBA and Ooh. then who's your bottom five in the NBA? Ooh, man, that's a good one. I'm going to go top five is definitely obviously Golden State. I mean, obviously, unless Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond become the keeping up with the Warriors like the Kardashians <laughs> and they get no fight and they want to leave. I don't see anybody stopping the Warriors. I think the closest team now. To everyone says, you know, that LeBron's in the West. I put him in the top five. I'll put the Lakers in the top five. Really? I wouldn't put him number two, but I put them like maybe number five. Number I put them, five? I would because... I'm so garbage. <laughs> I know, but I mean, man, it's like Tom Brady. You know, when you got LeBron on your team, there's always guarantee you're going to yeah, go far. Maybe. But um, I'd go Warriors, go, and then I would Rockets. I actually think the Rockets would be back. I think, I think after last year, I think they have the fire in them to be like, you know, we're not going to lose. We're going to mm-hmm. come back and we're going to face... The Warriors, whether it's in the divisional round or if it's in the Western Conference Championship, I actually think the Rockets with Carmelo Anthony will actually be pretty legit. 
Um, they just got to make sure that every time that they play defense, they're like, all right, Carmelo, you just come out for a second and then we'll put you back, <laughs> we'll in, you back in. That's right. Do you think Carmelo is going to constantly wear hoodies underneath his jerseys? Well, I think that's how Super, Mel- Super Hoodie Melo comes alive. I think, if, I think if anything, he should be the only player on any, any NBA game to wear a hoodie because I feel like that's when his best play comes out. I think he even played defense when he was Hoodie Melo. So, you know, I mean, he also, they, they did the, you know, the media day and stuff and they took photos for the uh, season and let me guess he had his hoodie he on. had his hoodie on yeah, underneath his jersey it's like clark it's like clark, clark kent with superman man you can't <laughs> you can't have mellow without hoodie mellow yeah it's insane but i think i think of anything rockets and then you got number three i'm gonna go with the spurs you can never count on greg popovich really even with no Kawhi leonard i still right. think the spurs and then i would also go with obviously i said lakers number five and then number four. Oh man that's tough You're forgetting the best team in the east dog no, I'm thinking uh, that's true. I mean, I'm talking Boston, top of the league. Top of the league. Yeah, I mean, Boston's up there. But then, you know, actually, I'm going to have to take the Lakers out. I think Toronto finally has a chance because I think Toronto is where it is. Toronto well, is number five. So to go five Toronto, four um, uh, Boston, then I would go uh, three would be um, Spurs, and then I'd go Rockets and then Warriors. Okay. That would be my top five. All right, my top five is probably something similar. I would go one, Warriors, two, Celtics. I think the Celtics are going to be so stinking good. And they match up to the Warriors super well. What about Kyrie getting traded, man? What are all these trade rumors about him going? It's going to be fine, dude. Come on. Are you sure, man? <laughs> yeah, they're going to be fine. Everyone's like, oh, there's all this rumor saying, oh, Boston's so ready. But then everyone's like, watch out, man. Kyrie might get traded. Yeah, but even if he gets traded, they'll get something back. But then as well, like Jason Tatum's a baller. Gordon Hayward's a baller. Like, See, I feel like everybody's a baller. Have, true, but I, I actually have this feeling about Tatum and Brown. And I feel like they'll actually the play will go down because I think when they got inserted in, they played out of their minds because they were like, if I don't do well, I could get busted. I feel like now they have the security of Kyrie yeah. and Gordon Hayward there that I feel like they'll both be like, oh man, okay, we can relax. Yeah. You know, the NBA life, man, it's that sophomore slump. It's going to happen. Dude. No way, man. They're going to play out of their minds. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. And I think probably along with my top three would definitely be the Rockets. I think, you know, CP3. Harden, you can't go wrong. CB3. Toronto's up there. CB3 is um, like that guy. That's I would say my fifth out of all that, all the, everybody in the league would probably be either the Timberwolves or the Thunder. Probably you really more so are the, the Timberwolves, man. Well, the Timberwolves they, they so they got, disappointed last year though. Yeah, but I think maybe they maybe they figured it out. Probably probably that they're probably six. My you hear about Carl team. Anthony Towns not wanting to be there now with Tom Thibodeau and all those guys? Yeah, I know. Want to go might. play in Phoenix of all the places? <laughs> He wants out. You know something's um, wrong, man, if you want to leave the Timberwolves and go to the Phoenix Suns. Okay. And then um, I have probably, yeah, six would be the Timberwolves, uh, and then fifth would be the Thunder. You know, the Rage Monster, Russell Westbrook, and uh, PG-13. Mr. Uh, Triple Double, I like that. Yeah. So I think that's my top five. Bottom five, definitely the Hawks, probably the worst team in the league. I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, Don't forget Brooklyn, dude. That, they're yeah, always at the bottom. Brooklyn's going to, yeah. What, they're a little feisty, but yeah, they're definitely at the bottom of the league. Phoenix and Suns. Phoenix Suns. I know they have course. a lot of future, but yeah, they're still going to be a lot of bad. young people who mess up <laughs> constantly. <laughs> Jared Bayless, my man. <laughs> And then uh, who is it? that's three of them. And then what? Magic, of course. They're never going to figure oh, it out. I guess they never will. And then they're going to uh, get rid of the only good thing. They're getting rid of Aaron Gordon. I hear they're going to try to trade him. And I'm Aaron like, Gordon. Yeah. San the only good San Jose's own Aaron that's Gordon. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, he's going to sign and come off the bench for the Warriors. There oh you go. my gosh, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> and then probably Kings. I would agree with they that. They have they have youth. I want to believe in the Kings. They have but... youth and they got some interesting pieces, but like they're the Kings. They're always going to mess up. Yeah, but you want to like, I don't know, it's Vladi Divac, man. He's yeah, exactly. Not... It's Vladi Divac. <laughs> Vladi's like the one guy in every history of the Kings. When the Kings almost have a touch of greatness, Vladi comes in and he's like, oh, no, no. 
So no, no, great. no. Yeah, exactly. Knocking the ball away and giving the championship to the Lakers. And then now it just seems like whenever he's in charge of, the, you know, his role there. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's got to go and they got to get someone else. And I would take Mike Bibby as, as one of the players <laughs> over, over Vlad Divac. I'm like, give like, me Mike Bibby. Go give me back somebody. Go to the, back to the Glory Day Kings and just rotate the players to see who works. You should totally do that. Get Doug Christie in to show up every once in a while. Maybe Chris Weber to give him motivational speeds once in a while. Yeah, the one team that was successful for the Kings. I totally uh, agree. All right, uh, before we switch over to fantasy football, Joe, give us a, yeah, a quick yeah. update. I wanted to give you a by the way. So by the way, Jordan Brand launched with PSG, which is parents Those Saint Germain. Fire, man. So they just launched this past week. Check it out on Nike.com. It's legit. Um, Paris Saint Germain, which is the French league champions, as well as the uh, title contenders for. Dude, um, I saw the gear Champions they have, League. the five, the new Air Jordan 5 retros that they have coming out. That colorway looks beautiful. Dude, they're awesome. They got black jersey, white jersey, and then I think their third alternate is the red jersey. Everything's super clean, super fire. Check See, it out. I think Jordan heard our podcast because now he's like, you know, I love American sports, but I got to get into football. And so now he's like, you know what? I'm going to sign up and give all my gear over there. I yeah, mean, that's exactly. the way to build your brand. So it worked out. Go check it out. Uh, all right, Joe. Fantasy football. What's the latest and greatest? Dude, so you are looking at the man that won both of his leagues. I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, I feel like I should just call the Niners and be like, dude, let me take over the draft. Let me just figure out what we need, and I'll take it over from here, man. Like, I dominated this year. In both of my leagues, I have two leagues I'm in. So one I'm in is my one team is called the Gosh Darnolds after <laughs> Sam Darnold, the rookie quarterback of the Jets. And my other team is the Jimmy G's men. So I got my Garoppolo. Jimmy G's men? Jimmy G's men, yeah. So I was able to come through and just dominate. I feel like I've gotten a bunch of great players. I mean, oh my gosh, Donald team. I've got Odell Beckham, Andrew Luck, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, all these different players. Like I just, I got, I've got the Pro Bowl team right now, so I'm just killing everybody. I'm are just you wrapping them up? Are you like constantly scraping the bottom of the barrel to find the like, rotation guys that can always, fill in? Whoever is on the board still and have not been drafted to him, I always looking every day at work. I'm always like, who's free? Who could I take? Who's good? Who's blowing up right now? You heard it here. Joe wastes work time to do his fantasy league. <laughs> don't tell my boss, but yes. <laughs> Sometimes you got to multitask, you know. And they say, hey, are you really good at multitasking at work and doing multiple jobs? And they're like, for sure, I'm doing fantasy. Next thing you know, I'm paying my bills, I'm checking my email, and I'm also getting my work done. So it's like, you know, you got to be multitasking. There you go. Joe can do it all. Um, all right. Next topic, unless you got something else to say. No, I just say watch out for week two. I'm going to be pulling upsets. So if uh, if you heard it here, folks, if I come at the end of the day and I've got uh, the championship, you know, you're, you're looking at you're looking at the king right now. So it's going to be good. There you go. Fantasy savant, uh, Joe Shave. All right. So next topic is favorite sports movies. Oh, man. I can't wait. This is My instant reaction this. when you put this on the uh, on our email was Hoosiers. I know. Everybody goes with Hoosiers. I, I always go with Hoosiers because it's a great story. It, you know. You're going to hate me for this, though, man. Like, I actually don't like Hoosiers. You don't like Hoosiers? I don't, man. What the heck? You don't like... Well, Hoosiers got some problems with the fact that, like, everybody's white. Why, yeah, sorry. And, like, <laughs> it's a little behind the times. If it's you know a little behind I mean. the times. But... Um, and then, uh, you kind of, I thought, a, yeah, Her- Chariots of Fire was another one that you came threw out. a random one. I was like, Chariots of Fire, I haven't even okay, seen it. It's that a running movie. movie, but like when I watched Chariots of Fire, I remember the moment I watched it and like the last race, the final like climactic race, I was like, what the heck? Why am I so invested in this like race? But it's like, insane. but it told me that's a sign of a good sports movie. I was so invested in something I didn't think I was going to be invested in. And I was like, is this dude going to win? I don't know. Like, what's going to happen? Oh I my tried, gosh. man. I mean, I like the music from Chariots of Fire, but I don't know. I just can't get into it. It's so, I guess, because I feel like I, we live in a multi-diverse culture and everything like that. I feel like I'm like, if I see too many white people, I feel out of place. And I'm white, so I feel very out of place. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, there's got to be some diversity in here. I mean, I always like... 
I mean, you can never go wrong with Rocky, though. Like, that's the classic one. Yeah, Rocky. What What's your favorite Rocky of all the Rockies? Oh, dude, it goes it always goes back to one. Always goes back original, to one. Original, dude. I mean, if, punch, I, if I had my own choice. Punching meat in the freezer. Oh, dude, punching meat in the freezer. But the best part is when it Makes you feel uh, so good inside. <laughs> or to, no, I mean, even too, sometimes it's not even about the, the fight. I mean, it is a sports movie, but it's like about the love story, you know, taking her out on dates, you know. Want a cup of coffee? You don't want a cup of cake? You know what I mean? You know, I always love the interactions he had and just how he was real. I feel like Rocky's that uncle that you always wish he had. You're like, oh, man, he's so cool and relatable. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, just the fact that when he shows up to the ice rink and she's like, I think they're closed. Like, no, I think we're just early, you know, like he just is so optimistic about everything, you know. Everything's going to work out in the land of... Exactly. And then I like the way how they, if they had never made another Rocky movie and just came out with Creed, I feel like that had been a great remake. I feel like Creed is the perfect kind of well, story. Well, it's a sequel, right? Because it's a continuation of that. True, yeah. Same story. But I mean, it's almost, it's not a remake, sorry, but it's definitely a continuation. But it would have been great if there was no, I can't even believe I'm saying this, I mean, even if there was no Rocky 3 and you just had Rocky 1 and then you just, and then 40 years later they came out with Creed, like I feel like that was a great way to story because I feel like I always wanted to see Rocky as the, the coach or the trainer in the Mickey role, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like, I'm like, he's so good being the fighter. I'm like, man, he's got so much history. I'm like, I'm like, why hasn't he like take, I know they try to do it with five, but five, I, I act like five doesn't exist, but like, I think I mean, most people believe five doesn't exist. Yeah, I, I think so. I think even, even Stallone's like five doesn't exist. But um, I mean, I think uh, I think Creed is a great story. I think Michael B. Jordan does a great job. And then Ryan Coogler, our own Bay, Bay Area guy from uh, St. Mary's, Oaktown, yeah. He, I mean, I think of the way he took that and decided because he made it personal. I think that's the way how you make a good remake or your own story to a franchise that you like is you make the the director has to make it or the story writer makes it or the screenplay writer makes it personal to them or something like that. And so I always I always like Creed. I sometimes watch Creed now more than I watch Rocky. That's the scary really? part. Oh my gosh, yeah. Creed is like it's got on, some of the best fights. Bob boxing you know scenes with the sh- over the shoulder one take the whole the, way through that I was put, a, I would put amazing creed, i put the creed fights up there with uh, raging bull that's my ultimate yeah. favorite raging bull is like my favorite boxing fights in the movie i feel like raging bull is less of a sports movie and more of a sad decline of human being but that's the whole point even it's like almost a reflection of even the sport because now boxing it's like you know boxing back in the day was like the high it's like the, it was the super Bowl. whenever there was a major fight with ali frazier any of those guys it was like a super bowl now i feel like boxing is like yeah you have some things whenever mayweather comes out and wants to fight somebody or you know that now they get the triple g you know mm-hmm. fight coming up like sometimes those are nice but it's now like wow there's like there's a boxing fight on. So yeah, I feel there's like, no pinnacle. Exactly. Like I feel like almost sometimes I tell my wife, I'm like, man, I wouldn't want to go back and watch the old fights from like the 60s, even the 70s, and just be, watch one of those fights would be awesome. I think that might be because of like sports oversaturation. There's just so much access to like so many different sports and you it's can true. watch stuff. But then also like I think American culture gravitates towards the star, right? Tiger Woods was like baller before he kind of fell from the, from the mountaintop. But like but then look at people boxing. got super interested in golf. Very true. Because very true. of Tiger Woods, right? And then, like, the whole world knew about Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. You know, like, everybody gravitates toward, like, a transcendent star. Yeah. And now, I mean, now everybody's gravitating toward LeBron James. He's the yeah. controversial uh, transcending star. But, yeah. I mean, I think boxing, I mean, Mike Tyson was probably the last great fighter. I think there's been great fighters like, you know, Vander Holyfield, Oscar De La Hoya. But I always feel like the last great heavyweight guy that was like, bam, that guy was the one everybody watched his fights was Tyson. And then I feel like after he fell off it was like man like no more good boxing i try to get i mean i loved andre war because he's from the bay area but like besides that there's not much boxing where you're like yeah man, dude, i've got to watch i remember it. when we were younger we got invited over to watch like tyson kind of at the end of the career yeah tyson, tyson versus lennox lewis i remember yeah, that yeah i remember yeah. that like right like 
even when he was like kind of like on his way out a little bit or mm-hmm. showing signs of decline, like yeah. people were still like, come over and watch. Like his enamorant, he's like, he's a, he's a, he's the kind of figure that I think is missing. I think Mayweather tries, but I feel like Mayweather is all about the point system and not really about let me land, yeah. land the he's knockout He's definitely kind of game the system. He's very much, if I was to do it a pro wrestling term, he's definitely like Ric Flair. He's very much like <laughs> cheats. He finds any way, the easiest way possible to win and doesn't go for the knockout fight. Ric Flair. That's right. He totally does it, man. Instead for him, uh, Mayweather's more of, you know, he's just, yeah. He's, I don't know. He's He he has, I don't know if it, he has the swagger, but he's definitely not the Ric Flair where you're like, man, I love this guy, even though he's the villain. Okay. Last sports movie that came to my mind, which I don't see ever like show up on like greatest sports movies, but I feel like it came around in a time in my life and probably maybe your life too. But like, remember the Titans. Nobody talks about remember the Titans. Well, because I like, think you already have so many great football movies from the 90s. You had... The program you had Jerry Maguire, you had even like the old ones like Brian Song, like they had a lot of great football movies. Yeah, but I, maybe it's just because it came around at like a moment, whatever, in our life, in our generation, and so the people around us, like everybody gravitates towards Remember the Titans. One because Denzel was going full Denzel. Yeah, like who's your daddy? You know, like but I think. The, but the funny here's the thing that I always say is I feel like Training Day, his ultimate career defining movie, and he did that movie right after. He didn't remember the Titans. So everybody remembers Training Day, but they don't remember. Remember, Whenever you bring up Denzel great movies, usually it's like towards the last or someone doesn't even mention Remember the Titans. That's so you're saying Saturday. Remember the Titans set. Is the uh, forgotten. Is the forgotten Denzel great movie. Well, you're also saying Remember the Titans set Denzel up for his Oscar to go to a Training Day, right? I'd actually agree because he went so full Denzel. Everyone was like, we want to see him at the opposite. And then he cranked Denzel. it to 11 anyway. <laughs> he, went, he, went, he went Alonzo Harris, Detective Alonzo Harris. It was awesome. All right, switching over. I got a TV show to recommend you guys. Uh, Amazon Prime's Jack Ryan. Dude, I heard this show. I mean, every time I watch it now, I feel like I want to like wait for Jim to just start being Jim out of nowhere. Yeah, at some point, definitely when you first start the show and you're so used to... Um, um, John Krasinski. Yeah, John Krasinski uh, on The Office. You're so used to him. Like, I remember catching myself in the first like episode or two, like waiting for him to like look at the camera and like do, one do of a face th- or whatever, th- you totally. know? Jim face. Um, or but him no. to just say, Wow. This is this show is actually really fun. We just my wife and I just finished it last night. Um, it's uh, so, so you got to break it down for me. And is it true that at the end you find out Dwight's the villain of Jack Ryan? <laughs> I feel like I'm waiting for that Dwight to be the villain. I feel like this is the ultimate. It, it's Dwight. It's it's crazy. It's Dwight and future Dwight. Uh, they come together and they're fighting Jack Ryan. That's awesome. I love it. All right, so so give you a quick little, uh, not synopsis, but whatever the the log line is. An up and up and coming CIA analyst, Jack Ryan, is thrust into a dangerous field assignment as he uncovers a pattern in terrorist communication that launches him into the center of a dangerous gambit. Oh man, that sounds intense. It sounds like Jim if he wasn't working at the office. That's awesome. But the character I like more is too is a uh, character James Greer. His uh, over Greer officer. Greer has the every every episode. J- j- he has a such an awesome line oh he does that's a that's a great actor though he was on the wire i think his name was oh, uh yeah. wendell uh let me just see wendell actor pierce. wendell pierce he's awesome dude i love dude, his james greer has like every episode is a, like a comically awesome line well that's what he was like in the wire he always just had that classic line in the wire where he's just like someone did something he's like you know he just would like he cussed but it was just so funny how he was and yeah. I feel like he, he brings that character into and the, one of the best was like when he said uh um they were going in to like you know make a deal with with some like shady peoples whatever and he's like he's telling Jim, uh, Jim Halpert aka John Krasinski aka Jack Ryan nice. to like he's like act like you know what you're doing and he's like I do not know what I'm doing and then he's like he's like well tell your face that <laughs> 
That totally sounds like something that Wendell Pierce would say in his character Dude, from it was The Wire. Awesome. That's awesome. Like, he just brings the 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 cheese a little bit, a little bit just of the cheese bit. up, you know, like, that, and no. it's super awesome. So make sure is to head it over good chemistry there. though. Is like, does oh, it make sense? Dude, it's awesome. And then by the end, you're just like, it just comes full circle. I think it definitely brought back the, um, the feeling of like, wow, okay. Historically, TV shows have been a writer's medium, right? Cause you're yeah. continuing every single episode is really based on the writer and the writer's room or whoever's running the show. Um, through there to like to stream everything together to make everything come full circle which a lot of things do come full circle in this show which is really cool um but then uh, whereas you know movies are a director's medium everybody focuses on directors you know uh, de palma spielberg whatever you know mm-hmm. jj abrams people Coppola, like that all these guys now yeah Martin scorsese yeah and so it definitely was like okay wow there's definitely like this like a great uh, a solid writer throughout the whole show which is that's awesome just by one the end writer? of it by, well, i don't even know if it was one writer but it just helped it, i i definitely walked away feeling that, okay like there was definitely a, a major you know kind of like through line through everything that they were doing it was a great show and it looks like it's they're probably setting it up for for a second season which so you recommend it to anybody who watched this i show? recommend it guys check it out check it out i gotta check it out all right last but not least here's a movie i'm not gonna recommend for you <laughs> <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen i just want to say here in first and now the predator so disappointed it's the worst movie in the whole franchise even worser than alien vs predator like i would watch what? alien vs predator over the predator the new predator avp yeah that man. is so bad but at least it was entertaining and i felt like i could gravitate towards the characters and at least it tried to pay homage to the comic books this the predator movie like i've been so disappointed i was so excited for this and it then after insane. i heard it, it looked, looked insane. insane. It looked like, okay, this is what a Predator movie should be. And then I saw the early reviews and read what happened, even saw some of the clips. I was like, this is depressing. It's like a comedy movie. They're just basically making fun of it. Like, they got all these jokes. Was it, is, like, did you get the 20, uh, 21 Jump Street vibe? Like, no, trying to I be got, like that vibe? I got the Shane Black vibe where he tried to make every character like Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon because Shane Black is the writer that yeah. did Lethal Weapon. Then he came on, he was in Predator, the original Predator, and did some write ups. You know, that's why mm-hmm. he's got all those funny jokes. But I feel like now they gave him the whole movie and gave him carte blanche mm-hmm. on everything. And they basically made everybody like a Martin Riggs, a funny wisecracking, you know. Is this movie set around Christmas time? No, it's not apparently, but it is set in the suburbs, so it's kind of funny how that is. That's that's the jungle. Shane Black. uh, Yeah, it's a Shane Black trademark. It's set action movies around Christmas time. It's insane, yeah. So I mean, it's just I was so disappointed. I was looking forward to it. I thought I had great characters, great actors. Uh, I felt like they finally had a story where it was like a team, like the original. How it was one team together, and I thought, okay, I was already predicting who's gonna get taken out or who's gonna survive all the way till the end. You mm-hmm. know, I was like, there was even a kid in the movie, this kid with autistic autism in it, because mm-hmm. the main character's son has autism. And so I was like, okay, That's definitely cool. the kid's gonna survive. And I'm thinking maybe the dad's gonna get. Like I was just like getting excited. Like maybe this would be one of those you don't expect it. You know, like mm-hmm. same thing with the first one. Like you knew Schwarzenegger would make it to the end, but you thought maybe this guy's gonna make it, maybe not. You know, but yeah, yeah, it was like I don't know. I just felt disappointed. Schwarzenegger and all his. His muscles will stand up to the aliens dude so much yeah dude it's even to this day i feel like predator is one of those movies you can throw on any part of the movie you can you you have to it's almost like mind control it's like brings you right in bro and you have you can't watch it until you can't you can't do anything else until the movie ends basically get to the chopper exactly it's classic dude and it's got his classic lines stick around you know it's just classic you know <laughs> but uh i think I think what they tried really hard with is I think that he was trying to go so outside the mythos that he mm-hmm. kind of lost with the the mystique of the predator. I feel mm-hmm. like that was probably the biggest thing. I am I am hoping though, like I mean, I hope they don't make a sequel or do anything like that. I feel like that should be like 
you know, they should just give it a rest and just let it be. Like, it's sad as to say. I mean, my I'm, my thing would be, I would just take in the comic books and just been like, let me just go from there. Like, that's, if I was the director and what I would have done, I would have just taken the comic books and gone from there and mm-hmm. taken it and almost done a homage to the first one. Like, I would have done like a team going out to save somebody and they get attacked by part out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, that's not the first one. It starts that seems off, to be really popular nowadays is like doing whatever reboots or sequels or whatever. And then you're just recapturing what was so popular about the original one. Well, it makes sense. It's because there's so much, there's already an audience. Yeah. If you take, if you remake or really sequel or prequel of franchise, do you already have an audience that'll be like, oh, I've seen the original. I'll go see this one. Yeah, there's a lot of like going all in on nostalgia and like making people be like, yeah. oh, I remember that feeling. Exactly. And But the thing I'm, I think the thing, the only area now where it seems like there's actual originality is in independent films or different yeah. things like that. Or I think if any director who has already the pedigree of like, oh, I did this movie, like same thing. Like I look at Christopher Nolan, I see that's a guy that's just doing whatever he wants. And yeah. I mean, I like his. I mean, I, I did like Inter- I mean, it's not like they're my favorite movies, but he's getting to make the movies he wants. You know, mm-hmm. he's getting to do Dunkirk. He's getting to do uh, Inception, even like after because he did what The Dark Knight. He just did it, and everyone was like, "This is the definitive dark." You know, this is the definitive Batman movie. Yeah. And after he did that, it was pretty much you know he could walk into any studio and basically say, "I want to make this movie," and they're like, "Well, we'll definitely do it" because he already has an audience in the sense of yeah, people are like, "Well, he did this movie." I'll go do that. I feel like that's with any. Nolan thing. has that. Tarantino has that too, right? Tarantino. Everybody line up. To well, go Tarantino's see a, he's a, he is a, uh, he is like an allegory. Like he's an algorithm, like in the sense of he is, he's not to the status quo because I feel like he came in and just did his own stuff and he built up through the independent systems. Mm-hmm. But even now, like he, he'll just do whatever he wants. People are like, sure, give you money. And then people line up at the theaters to see his stuff. And yeah, like his new movie that he's got coming out though. You know, I think he's got some movie with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio coming out pretty soon. Oh, what the heck? It's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It look, it's like his oh ninth gosh. film. It's going to be about the Manson murders in the 60s in LA. It's going to be oh, man. set around that. So, But wow. he's got everybody in it. He's got everybody. So he's got old actors like Pacino in it. And he's got new people like Margaret Robbie. Mm-hmm. And he's got Leonardo DiCaprio. So it's going to be, I mean, he just has carte blanche because I think he went through the independent system. And that's how you got to make movies these days. Mm-hmm. You have to like start in the independence where you build your audience, where people are like, okay, I like what he brings to the table or I like what he does. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the studio systems, they know, okay, you know, we got to give him carte blanche, do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. That's how you make a great movie. Like it all, like all the great ones, like Scorsese, Spielberg, even like uh, John Carpenter, guys like that. Yeah. They came up through the independent That's system, true. did all these big, you know, got to have carte blanche, creative control, whatever they wanted, and then they had their own audience to where studios were like, "I'll give you how much ever money you want." You can make whatever you want. So I feel like yeah. that should be the formula. Nowadays, it's just like someone makes an indie movie and then they get like. Star Wars or they get Jurassic World or they get like some random big old budget movie, right? Yeah. You can make one or two indies and then you're like, you go from bottom yeah. to like top of the, of the blockbuster. Totally. I feel like the biggest thing is you almost have to do like how Tarantino did it was he did too because he did... But the thing is, like, that depends. Like, you got to think about your movies. Like, are you making movies that are up there with like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction or... You know, just movies that doesn't even matter. But that's just something to think about. So I feel like that's probably the biggest thing I'm learning. Cool. Well... Check it out. It's in theaters. The Predator. The Predator. Uh, if you want to wait get... till Redbox, I'm telling you right now, just wait. Just wait. Promise. All right. We won't then... have to build the suspense up. <laughs> and then check out the old, uh, what is it, 1987 Predator? Oh, man. Classic with Schwarzenegger. With Schwarzenegger. That with, is one movie that you want to Carl Weathers. Oh, man. The, the dopest I'm just... muscle five you've ever seen in your Paul life. Creed. I know. I'm just waiting for Souls. Every time I watch Predator, I always feel like I'm waiting for Stallone just to show up. Sometimes I wonder, is Stallone playing the Predator? I feel like mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. All right, this is the Shafe Bros podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's make sure awesome to, to have everybody listening. 
Make sure to check out uh, our, our site, anchor.fm slash the hyphen shave hyphen bros. Everybody needs an anchor in their life. Come join us. <laughs> All right. You can also, if you download the Anchor app, you can leave us a voice message uh, on your thoughts about whatever we talked about today or any hot takes you want us to discuss I'm a in little, the show. Yeah, exactly. So if I sound a little weird today, I'm a little stuffy nose, so please don't take it personally. But if I do hear it, definitely let me know. Yeah, don't take it personally, guys. He's, he's got a stuffy nose. It's not that I don't want to be here. I really do want to be here. All right, cool, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure to leave a five-star rating and review wherever yeah. you listen to your podcast. Five stars, people. Five stars only, son. Exactly. What well, we're going for, the five stars. All right. This is the Shape Bros, and we're out. Peace. Good night, Canada. Bye.